Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests today. Today, I'm excited to be turning to the second chapter of Mark, the Gospel of Mark. And today, I want to speak to us about tear the roof off. You know what? There are times in life where you've just got to do something um, drastic in order to get your breakthrough. You know, sometimes we're just going along in life step by step and we hit obstacle after obstacle and it's because, you know, we need to stir ourselves up on the inside and we need to go higher and we need to tear off the limits, tear off everything that will want to hold us back from receiving that which God has for our lives. Here in the second chapter of Mark, we find out that there's this incredible situation. It says it was heard that Jesus was in the house and suddenly all the crowd gathered. People came from everywhere because they heard that the answer to their needs was in someone's house. And so they come from everywhere and they're crowded in. You can't get anywhere near the house. You can't get through the door. People are everywhere. They're squeezing in through the windows. They're all around the house. People came from everywhere. But there was this man who was being carried by four of his friends and they try to get him to Jesus because he's lame. He couldn't walk. Um, he'd been like this for a long time. And it says they couldn't get anywhere near to Jesus. So you know what they did? They went up on the roof and they opened up the roof where Jesus was. And they um, passed this man down on his bed through the roof and landed smack bang in the middle of the crowd in this man's house. And so Jesus sort of sees this man and, um, and I'm going to... I pick up this story where it says, um, it says this, son, your sins are forgiven you. This is the Lord Jesus speaking to them. Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes sitting there, they tried to, you know, answer this in their hearts. They were going, what is going on here? Why does this man speak such blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Straight away, it says, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were arguing with themselves, among themselves. And he said to them, why on earth do you try to um, sort this all out in your own intellect, in your own understanding? He says this, is it easier to say to, to this man, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? in order that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Don't you love this verse? The Son of God has got power to forgive sins. In order for you to know that, he said to this man, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Straight away he arose, he took up his bed and he went out in the presence of them all and they were all amazed and glorified God and they said, we have never seen anything like this before. You know what? I'm quite excited right now. I'm quite stirred up in the fact that, you know what? I am believing God that we are going to see things and experience things we've never seen before. I think it's fair to say we're facing things in the world that at least for our generation we've never seen before. It's as if we're facing new challenges. We're facing things we've never faced before. And this isn't just local to London or the United Kingdom. This is all over the world. But friend, I want to encourage you today that when things seem like we've never faced this before, I believe God is going to show himself strong like never been seen 
before. That's what these people were saying. We've never seen this before. We've never experienced this before. And so today I want to go through this passage and just take out half a dozen things or so that are going to really encourage us and stir us up. You know what? To push through the barriers and to break through the capacity problems and the ceilings upon our lives in order to see God show himself strong. The first thing I want to say today is this. We must be hearing the right voices. We must be hearing the right voices. You know what? It says there in verse one that we didn't read, but it says it was heard that Jesus was in the house. There's all sorts of things to listen to today. You know, it's easy to be hearing all the bad reports, all the things that are going wrong in our world. But I want to tune my ear into what God is saying. I want to tune my ear into what God is doing. And the Bible says here that it was heard that Jesus was in the house. And when people heard that, people came from everywhere. I want to be hearing what God is doing and not just how the world is reacting. And you know what? If you open up your Bible and if you hear about what God is doing around the world, God is at work. He's at work in our hearts. He's at work powerfully in the church. Yeah, but Pastor Jay, you say that, but the churches are all shut down. Perhaps some of the buildings are shut down, but the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well. People are coming to Christ every day. People are being healed. People are being set free. And we're experiencing some of the most amazing things that I believe we've seen in generations. God is on the throne and God is at work in this world because he loves this world. I want to ask you today, what are you listening to? Are you hearing the good report or the bad report? Are you hearing about all the problems? Are you getting into God's word and finding out what the answers are? You see, God is speaking in the middle of the chaos. God is speaking in the middle of the crisis. And it's very important that we are hearing the right thing. You see, some people didn't hear that Jesus was in the house. And so they never turned up. But the ones that heard what God was doing, they were there like a shot and their needs were met. So I want to encourage you today, friend, make sure your ears are open to the right thing. Perhaps turn off what the world is saying and turn on what the Spirit of God is saying on the inside. Um, That's a great way to start today, isn't it? The second thing that we need to understand today is this. There is power in the Word of God. It's very clear in the Bible here. It says in verse 2 that when everybody gathered, and this is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He could have done anything, but you know what he did? He saw as the highest priority. It says he preached the word of God to them. Now we know that Jesus is the word of God. Everything he said was the word of God, but he took the opportunity to say, you know what? I want to increase your understanding. I want you to understand some things. It's very clear in the Bible that people are destroyed because they don't understand how God operates. You know, some people are destroyed financially because they don't understand the principles in God's word of sowing and reaping. Some people are destroyed physically because they don't understand that by his stripes you were healed. Some people have their families destroyed because they don't understand that God has an order and a structure for healthy families. These things are really important. And everything we need to know is found in the Bible, God's word. This is God speaking to us. 
And so there is the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone's come to gather together. They've come because they want to be healed. They've come because they want to be set free in some way. But you know what? He took the opportunity to preach the word of God to them. Because the more we increase in things we understand, the more we can live in the goodness and the blessing and the power that God has for us to live by in all authority. You know what it says in in the fourth chapter of Mark? It says, if you hear properly, if you hear God's word in your heart, it says the more hearing you have, the more understanding you have, the more harvest you can receive. Harvest is the way God works. Harvest, God is the God of the harvest. The apostle Paul put in the seed, the Bible says, a policy poured on the water, but almighty God is the Lord of the harvest and he gave the increase. And I'm excited at this time that even though there seems to be famine in the land, even though it seems to be dry, and we went through Elijah earlier on in the year, where it says, when the brook dries up, arise and go to Zarephath. Why? Because God is the God of supernatural provision. God is the God of harvest. Whatever you need, God is your source. But often something has to has to happen you know before we step in to the harvest that God has for us and that is that we need to increase our understanding what is it that you need from God at this time well perhaps God wants to increase your understanding in that area perhaps it's an area of healing well I would encourage you to go to God's word and read all the Bible verses about healing there's hundreds of them in there but as we increase our understanding of what God does and how God does it then we can increase our ability to receive that which God wants to give us understanding is so very very important as we increase our understanding, we can increase our harvest. The Bible says we're destroyed when we don't understand, but as we do understand, a greater harvest is available to us. Of course, the other thing about God's word is this, that as, as he spoke the word of God, his word is anointed. That's like a Christian word. It's a Bible word that means his word has got power. Well, we find in this passage how he spoke the words and he said, arise, take up your bed. That word that he spoke had such power that it caused a healing to happen in somebody's body. But everything Jesus says has got power. Every word he speaks. The Bible says that he upholds all things by the power of his word. When you read God's word, you open yourself up to the very power of almighty God. You see, power isn't just something that falls down on our head like on the day of Pentecost. Power is not just something like when they split the Red Sea, put a staff in and the Red Sea split. You see, power, the presence of God and his power comes straight out of the word of God. Here we are, we've been isolated from each other for months now. But you know what? His word is still powerful. It doesn't matter that we're not here physically together. It will be great to come back. I can't wait till we can sing and shout and praise God together physically here in this room and in people's houses. What a great thing to look forward to. But you know what? Every day when I open up the Bible, his word has got the power that I need for me to walk in the victory that he has for me. No wonder Jesus Christ, when the crowds came together time and again, it says, and he preached the word of God to them. He taught them from the scriptures. Why? Because God's word will be the foundation of everything in our lives. Step by step, as we go through this life, as we 
as we face challenges, as we need to make decisions, as we need to do things. You know what? I want to be led by God's word on the inside because his word is creative and his word is powerful. Let me encourage you to get this word in your heart and in your mouth. I'll be speaking on that in the weeks to come. It's vitally important that we are in the teaching of God's word. So that's the second thing today, that if we're going to get the breakthrough that God has for us, we need to be careful what we hear and we need to be hearing the taught and the preached word of Almighty God. There is power in the word of God. What's the next thing we need to understand? Well, it's very clear from this passage of scripture that this guy who'd been lame for so many years had four great friends. He had four great friends. I'm sure he had other friends as well. But these four were life-changing friends. These four are the sort of people I want to hang around. The sort of people that I want in my life. Why? Because the people that you spend time with are going to be the ones who determine where you go in life. It says in verse 3, And he preached the word of God to them. Then there came to Jesus, bringing a paralytic, who was carried by four men carried by four men. I want to encourage you today to be careful who you let into your world. You see, some people are going to help you get to where you are going in life. Other people are going to hinder you and stop you in your tracks. See, some people are going to encourage you and say, yep, absolutely, go for it. We're with you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to stand for you. We're going to fight for you. We're going to stand shoulder to shoulder. We're going to see everything that God has for your life come to pass. And if there's an issue that we need to break through, we'll be there for the breakthrough with you. But other people are just going to be cynical. Other people are just going to develop some bad habits in your life. Other people are just going to be sarcastic or they're just going to want to pull you down and say, yeah, I tried that and it didn't work. Oh, I saw somebody have a go at that and they failed. Ah, yeah, but. Have you ever had the yeah, but people around you? Yeah, but. You know what? You say something from a promise of God and they go, yeah, but. Yeah, but. This is 2020. Yeah, but. There's a COVID-19 pandemic going on. Yeah, but the church is suffering. Yeah, but the church is reducing. Yeah, but there's economic pressure. Yeah, but the government this and the government that. Yeah, but we haven't got enough money and the wages are going down the tube. Yeah, but there's problems. Yeah, but there's division in the nation. Yeah, but they've got a but for everything. But I want to encourage you today that there is a friend There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's somebody who's heart to heart with you. I'm so glad that here in Citygate Church and in so many churches around this world, there are people who know how to do friendship well. They know how to stand. They aren't going to point the finger and judge. They're going to love. They're going to forgive. They're going to stand shoulder to shoulder and say, come on, let's do this together. Let's succeed together. This is why I love small groups. Small groups are a place where people can stand shoulder to shoulder and pray for one another and stand for each other's um, authority and for each other's uh, victory in their lives. I'm so glad this man wasn't too proud to ask for help. I don't know if he did ask for help or if they just picked him up and he had no choice. But either way, you know, he wasn't too proud to go with them. He said, yep, fine, I'm very happy being carried. You know, there are times in life where we all need to be carried, where we all need somebody to pick us up and to help us on in life. There are other times when we're perhaps in that forum and it's us doing the carrying. 
I don't know which season you're in right now. Perhaps you feel like you just need to be carried. But there are other times when you're doing the carrying. But either way, make sure you're in a tight group of five people. Didn't have to be that number. Just from this, there were four people in the paralytic. These people were committed to each other. I so want to be one of those four. I so want to be somebody who helps to pick people up. And when people fall over and they just want to stay there and lie down, we say, come on, let's pick you up and let's go again. Let's be one of those four who are committed to bringing people into the presence of Jesus Christ. Even with these online platforms here on CityGate Live on Sunday, as every church is doing right now, this is an opportunity to bring people into the presence of Almighty God. You may say to me, yeah, but we're not coming to a physical building. No, but we are coming together as a church and we're hearing the word of God. We're spending time in praise and worship. This is an opportunity to bring people into the presence of God. I want to ask you a question, really. Who are you carrying right now? Who are you carrying? Yeah, but Pastor Jay, I need to be carried. Yeah, perhaps you do, but there's always an opportunity for us all to carry somebody else. I want to encourage you, even over these next few days, to pick somebody else up, to encourage somebody else. If we're going to get our breakthrough, how about we sow into somebody else's life and pick somebody else up and bring them into the presence of Almighty God? I'm so excited about this passage because I know what's coming. This is point number four. We need to do whatever it takes. In verse four, it says this, and when they could not come near Jesus because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, ah, oh, don't you love that expression? We know our God is the God of the breakthrough, but our Peret Zim, the Lord of the breakthrough. But here it wasn't God who broke through, it was the commitment of these four friends. They said, we are not going to accept anything that's going to keep us away from laying hold of this man's healing. We are going to break through whatever it takes. We're going to do whatever it takes. They had to climb up on a house. They had to go higher. We'll get onto that in just a minute. But they had to do something. You know what? Some people just think, God, just put it on my lap. Lord, just provide for me and just pour it out of heaven. But I found over many years of, of being a Christian and, and understanding some of these things that so often until we break through, then Almighty God's not able to break through. Even in the scripture where it talks about the Lord of the breakthrough, King David says this, the Lord has broken through against my enemies by my hand. As I stretch forth my hand with the sword, God breaks through like a flood. You see, God is the God of the breakthrough, but God wants us to share in the victory. As we put our faith to action, as we stir ourselves up, as we go up higher and get on the roof of life and tear open the roof, which is a barrier between us and God or us and the miracle or us and the provision or us and the breakthrough or the new business or the family breakthrough, whatever it is, sometimes we need to break through and say, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Friend, is there that spirit on the inside of you like Caleb? Now give me this mountain. I'll do whatever it takes. At 85 years old, he was still fighting for everybody else's uh, victory. And then he says, now it's my turn. You know what? There's that attitude on the inside. I will do whatever it takes. Anything we achieve in life 
is because somebody somewhere has got stirred up to see it come to pass. See, some people I've learned are so casual and so laid back that they don't seem to receive anything from God. But you know what? We're of a different spirit. The Bible says Caleb had a different spirit. The Bible says Daniel had an excellent spirit. There's something on the inside of a believer that says, you know what? I'm going to stir myself up. I'm going to stir up my gift. I'm going to stir up faith. I'm going to stir up whatever it takes in order to see Almighty God break through in this situation. I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm not just going to allow the enemy to just run all over this situation. I'm not going to allow this business to go down the tubes. I'm not going to allow this family to be, uh, you know, divided. I'm not going to allow my finances to be absolutely wrecked by this crisis. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to stir myself up. If it means climbing on a building, I'll do that. If it means getting up early in the morning, I'll do that. If it means opening up a roof, I'll do whatever it takes for God to break through in my world. Oh man, if we had a church full of people here, I'm sure by now we'd all be shouting amen. Let's do whatever it takes. See, see something I've learned over a long, long time is that We can't ever judge whether something is God's will or not if something is easy or difficult. Seems to me that if you read the life of the Apostle Paul, he didn't have an easy time at all. He was was on a boat that got shipwrecked. He was stoned one day with stones and rocks. He was whipped. He was beaten with rods. There were times when he despaired of life. Things got so tough. But he was also the one that saw the greatest breakthroughs. He saw the most amazing things happen as God showed himself strong. You see, if something is easy, it doesn't mean to say it's God. And if something is is hard, it doesn't mean to say that it's not God. Because we're made of stronger stuff than our circumstances. We must never judge what we go through as the plumb line as to if this is God's will. Some people say, you know what, the door shut, so I'm going to take that as not being God's will. Well, I've had so many doors shut in my face, but I've known it's God's will that I go through them. So in the name of Jesus, sometimes we've got to kick open those doors. Of course, we know the Bible verses that God opens doors which no one can shut and he closes some doors which no one can open. But when you know it's God's will, when you know it's the promise of God, when you know you've got God's word for the situation, then you know what? A closed door is not the final word. It's not the final outcome. A roof is not the final outcome because we can open the roof. Come on, let's stir it up. Whether it's easy or whether it's difficult, there are times to say, whatever it takes, I'm going through and I'm going to lay hold of this healing for this friend of ours. So many things. There were crowds that were crowding them out of the situation. They couldn't get near Jesus. So what did they do? They did whatever it took. There was a roof that said, nope, there's a barrier again. So they did whatever it took and they opened the roof. Friend, there may be something that you need to do right now. Why don't you ask God and say, Lord, why don't you speak to me? Speak to me about what I need to do. Speak to me about what I need to step out and do. Speak to me about what I need to put my hand to. Perhaps the things I need to give. Speak to me, Lord Jesus, because I will do whatever it takes in Jesus' name. And I want to hear an amen today. What's the next point that we find from this verse very quickly? 
It says of the Lord Jesus in verse 5, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, when he saw their faith, he healed the man. It says all over the word of God, be it done to you according to your faith. You, you know what? It's so important that we have faith which can be seen. Not just faith that I believe something, but faith that I do something. The Bible says that faith without corresponding actions is dead faith. These people, for them, it's to open up the roof and to let this man down on a blanket. But, but for us, it could be something different. It could be that we sow some financial seed. It could be we lay hands on the sick. It could be that we start a new business. It could be that we pray and we believe God and step out of a boat in many, many ways. But I want to encourage you today to do something by faith. I've, you know, stirred us up today about to do Anything it takes. Come on, let's put some stirred up zeal into action. But I also want to say this is not just about what we do in our will or with our act actions in that sort of, um, you know, everybody else could do this. This has got to be a work of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by God's word. And I know faith is arising today. Faith is getting stirred up in your hearts today because faith comes by hearing the word of God. But I want to encourage you, friend, that faith needs to be put to work. It needs to be acted upon. We need to do something by faith. Faith is not just a, a noun, it's a verb. It's something that we do. Faith is something that we step out of the boat. We stretch forth our hand. Of course, this man had to act by faith. And the four friends acted by faith. There was faith all over this. There was faith everywhere. There was faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as he preached the word of God. There was faith in the four friends that said, you know what, easy or difficult, we're not just going to take the easy option, we're going to do whatever it takes. There was faith in them to get up on the roof. There was faith in them to say we won't be kept out by the crowds. There was faith in the man that said when he was lying on the bed and Jesus said to him, take up your bed and walk, that he actually got up, he put his faith to work. And here we are in the middle of, of um, 2020, facing all sorts of challenges, all sorts of things going on around the world. People need answers. And I want to clearly say this today. The answer is in the Word of God, and the answer is in the spirit of faith. Faith is is something that will move every mountain. Faith is something that will open prison doors. Faith is something that will bring healing to those who are sick. Faith is something that will bring freedom to those who are bound. Faith is something that will set captives free. Faith is the power of God at work when we know God's will and we've heard the voice of God. Faith is when the believer steps out and puts his faith to work, puts their faith to work to see Almighty God break through like we do in this passage. It says Jesus saw their faith. As I stand here today, I'm very conscious, Lord, is there any faith that you can see in me? I don't just want to speak faith, I want to do faith. I don't just want to believe faith, Lord, I want to demonstrate faith. God, I want you to look at me. I want you to, to see Citygate Church right now. And I want you to see faith in action. To see faith in action. We've got to display faith. Of course, we've got to speak faith. We've got to pray in faith. 
The Bible says everything we do, we've got to do in the name of Jesus. Because that's where the power is. That's where the obedience is. That's where the anointing of God is. But we've also got to walk by faith and not by sight. It would be so easy to walk by sight right now. What's the news saying? What's the world saying? What are the, you know, the financial forecasts? And all of, all of those things we need to understand. Of course we do. We don't put our head in the sand. The, it's, it's, it says of Abraham, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, but he was strong in faith as he gave glory to God. You see, the church is not something that, that isolates itself off from the world and says, no, we're not going to look, we're not going to listen, we're just going to believe. No, we have such a strength of faith that each of us can face the facts, can address the problem, but do it from a place of faith and put our faith to work and see the mountains move in Jesus' mighty name. Finally, as we close today, I love this end part. It says this, take up your bed and go back to your house. Your life is going to change this instant and will never be the same again. He said, take up your bed and walk. Take up your bed and walk. Take your bed. Don't leave your bed here. I want you to take your bed and I'm going to add this in everywhere you go. I reckon there was a real power about that bed. You know why? Because it was his life story up to that point. And when God moves in our lives, we've all got a life story. I don't know what your life story is, friend. It could be a life story of great success. It could be a life story of incredible turmoil and pain. It could be a, a, a story that you want everybody to know, or it could be a story that you're very ashamed of. But as you come to Jesus Christ, he turns that, that history, he turns that bed into a testimony. He turns that place that was a place of pain and a place of torment and he turns it into a testimony. Each of us has a story. I know what my story is and I know so many people here today who are hearing this know what your story is. But I want to speak to you today, friend, if you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord, I want to encourage you today that God can take all of your past and turn it into an incredible story of salvation for God entering into your life today. For this man, his life was never the same again. He had the most incredible encounter with Almighty God. It was healing. It was forgiveness of sins. Jesus said, what's easier to say, take up your bed and walk or to forgive you of your sins? Well, that day the man received both. He received both something physical for his body that was completely life-changing, but something changed his eternity. And that was he received that day from Jesus Christ the forgiveness of sins. That is the gospel, my friend. 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus Christ, he came, it says, because of his great love, the Father sent his only begotten Son. He gave his only begotten Son. You see, our God is a giver. I don't know what you've heard about God. Perhaps you've heard he's a taker. Perhaps you think he's behind the COVID-19 outbreak. Perhaps you think he's behind the pain and the, and the suffering and the tsunamis and the famines of the world. Friend, that is not our God. Our God is a good God. The Bible says he thinks good thoughts towards you. He wants to prosper you and not harm you. He wants to give you a hope and a future. He wants you to have the best life that he's created for you. 
But the sad thing is the world is just seems to be going down and down and down in a spiral. But in the middle of it all, Almighty God is extending his arms out to you today, my friend, and say, you know what? I want to receive you into my family. I want to receive you as a son or as a daughter. I want to be your heavenly father. That's not just a, a title in a prayer, our father who art in heaven. It's who God wants to be. Perhaps you say, I'm lying on a bed and I can't get up. Well, God wants to say to you today, arise, take up your bed and walk. Perhaps you say, I'm trapped in guilt and shame. Well, God wants to speak love and acceptance and forgiveness right into your heart today. Perhaps you want to say to me, yeah, but Pastor JB, you don't know what I did. Well, it doesn't matter that I know or don't know because I can look back at the cross of Jesus Christ who does know what you did and what you've said and what you've experienced in life. And in spite of all of that, because of his great love that he has for us, he stretched his arms out on a cross and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And the Bible says, for all of those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives you the right and the power and the gift of eternal life to become a child of God. Friend, will you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today? If I could be there with you personally, I'd plead with you. I'd, I'd do everything I could. We've talked about do everything you can to open the roof. I'd do everything I could to try to convince you that Jesus loves you and he died for you. But friend, it's a response of your own heart. The Bible says we're led by the Holy Spirit. And I know the Holy Spirit is at work in your heart right now to lead you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me right now. For a lot of us, we've prayed this hundreds of times. But perhaps, friend, you're on here for the first time or you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord. Perhaps you were a Christian earlier on in your life and you just let that all go. And today you're saying like the prodigal son, I want to come back to a relationship with my heavenly father. I'm going to encourage you to pray this prayer with me now. As I say a line, then you say a line as we ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior, to come into our lives and like this man in Mark chapter 2, to receive a life-changing encounter and our lives will never be the same again. I'd ask you to pray with me now. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you've demonstrated your love through sending your son to die on a cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, for paying the price for all of my sin. I receive you as my Lord and my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you and by the help of your grace, and your power, I will never be the same again. I thank you for eternal life. Amen. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer, I believe that you've just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're now a child of God. You can call Almighty God your Father. I want to encourage you. There's going to be some other steps of, of perhaps getting hold of a Bible and being part of a church. But you know what? Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And I believe God's got great plans for you. I want to encourage everybody as we go away from this Sunday to help make somebody else's life great. Do uh, whatever it takes to get that 
breakthrough and to lay hold of everything God has for your life. And I will see you next week.